Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we help you discover innovative startups in the outdoor sport industry. Join us as we tell the story of brands who are paving the way for the future of outdoor sports. And here's your host, Josh Salvo. Hey, Ready Eddy Podcast listeners. Do you love skiing, snowboarding, climbing, hiking, camping, surfing, kayaking, or mountain biking? Did you know that there are thousands of new outdoor sports startups launching each year with incredible stories and products that are revolutionizing their sports? At Ready Yeti, we are a community of outdoor sport enthusiasts that love discovering new brands and supporting the ones that make innovative, quality products and that have a drive to give back. At ReadyEddy.com, we give away products every two weeks from your soon-to-be favorite outdoor sports startups. Check out ReadyEddy.com and become a part of our daily growing outdoor sports community and be among the first to discover tomorrow's outdoor sport brands. What is going on, Ready Eddy podcast listeners? Josh Savo here, your host, and on today's episode, I am sitting down with Tyson Gillard, the co-founder of Outdoor Project. If you're not familiar with Outdoor Project, their focus is to introduce you to a nearby outdoor adventure uh, with mouth-watering photos, photos, detailed trail maps, user reviews, and other key information. Outdoor Project helps you discover, plan, and share trips that won't cost you any vacation days or the better part of your savings account. With that, uh, Tyson, I want to thank you for taking the time to chat with me. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So right off the bat, for someone who may be not familiar with the Outdoor Project and what you guys do, could you sort of give us the uh, quick version of how you would describe the Outdoor Project to someone someone new? Yeah, good question. Uh, you know, in most simple terms, what I often tell people is just to think of a guidebook that you'd use to go hiking, uh, except for online, and we feature all types of human-powered activity. So camping, hiking, swimming holes, hot springs, uh, beaches, parks, you name it, uh, along with uh, guides for camping and then also unique outdoor-minded lodging, um, really trying to hit on all aspects of um, the outdoor experience, if you will. Um, so that's the most basic terms. That's awesome. So how did you come up with this idea? What made you decide to jump right into it? Yeah, what's what's interesting about it is uh, actually all of us as founders came to it from an outsider's perspective. None of us had any experience either in the outdoor industry specifically or uh, running a media company. Uh, but we all came to it as just avid outdoor enthusiasts. And we also have a knack for uh, building really incredible things. Um, so, you know, we had looked at the space. Uh, for me personally, you know, I had just been growing interest in um, digital platforms uh, and, you know, just started taking some HTML classes, some Dreamweaver, which doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> um, and, yeah, just started looking at all the websites for outdoor recreation. And it was just this observation that, like, man, these websites are really subpar and that, uh, you know, with that we could really put together something uh, a lot better. And they were the kind of websites that were, you know, they're clunky, they're difficult to use. A lot of them are adventure type specific, they're region specific. A lot of them have really good content, but the UX is really just, it's a place you go to because you have to, not because you wanted to. So we wanted to create a really special uh, ecosystem. Um, and so we said, hey, you know what? Again, going back to guidebooks, we said, hey, the guidebooks are what work. They get you outside. Obviously, they're not built for the digital era, but they're reliable. We trust them. And so we wanted to create a platform with that same level of trust. 
Um, and so we knew to do that, we'd have to give back to the contributors or we wanted to attract the highest caliber of storytellers possible. So we said, you know what, let's create our own path, something halfway in between, you know, expensive contractual journalism, but then also free content, uh, crowdsourced content. Uh, and we said, okay, you know what, we'll do something halfway down the middle, 10% at a minimum of our revenue is going to go back to our contributors. We're going to get them really incredible pro deals and offerings from all of our sponsors. And then at the end, we just want to make it fun. So we'll give out fun season awards and prizes um, and just make it fun for them. So we've created a sort of a meaningful um, uh, gamification system that's been really effective for us. That's so interesting. So how many, how many contributors do you guys have now? Yeah, we in total we have probably about seven hundred or so, but um, we have about two, little over two hundred active contributors um, that have you know made up the bulk of the content that you'll find on Outdoor Project. Oh, that's awesome! So, how how many years has it been since you guys started this? Yeah, um, we really started in two thousand thirteen, uh, where we you know started going out seeding content building the platform and then we launched in May of 2014. Um, you know, so since our launch, uh, we've been at it for three years now. That's awesome. And so, uh, I know you guys did, uh, did some, uh, you raised capital for this. What made you guys decide to go that direction and what was that process like? Yeah. Um, good question. So when, you know, when we first started, it was, we really, we didn't have our head fully wrapped around what the business model would be exactly. Um, none of us having come from the media, uh, the media space, um, or from a digital platform space either. And, but we knew the consumer need, uh, and the pain points that were out there for the consumers. So we, you know, we first started wrapping our head around, you know, Hey, is this going to be some sort of regional boutique, uh, website? Is this going to be, you know, international. And we kind of always went back and forth. Uh, but the more we understood and learned about uh, what business opportunities there were, uh, we quickly realized um, that not only as from a business standpoint, as a media company uh, and as a digital platform that make, connects businesses to users, you really have to be massive. Um, and the bigger you are, really the better your business uh, proposition is. But then also from just a consumer standpoint, we, it was just, there was no reason why we shouldn't be international and be as big as possible. Um, and so going back to the question about fundraising is to be the scale where we could really provide value for our clients and our partners. Uh, we needed to raise capital uh, to get to a scale that would provide them value. Um, so that's when we really started to, um, uh, to go out seeking, um, investment capital. That's so interesting. So from, from when you got started in 2014 to where you are now, how, what does that growth look, looked like? Like you mentioned the fact that you guys have to be rather large to have that value proposition. So what has the growth looked like for you guys? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm very humbled and, um, feel very fortunate that we are and continue to be since we launched the fastest growing uh, website for outdoor recreation and travel. Um, that's really exciting for us. Um, and, you know, that's equated to, you know, now we have about 
uh, over 6 million users. Uh, it's equated to about 700% year over year uh, growth. Um, and I mean, also just to kind of give you a sense of scale, uh, you know, just on our social channels on Facebook, we reach over 12 million people every month. Um, and, uh, you know, our audience is also just super engaged, um, spending a lot of time on site, clicking through the website. So just to give you sort of a sense of scale there, this last summer, July, uh, people in the U S spent as much time on outdoor project as, uh, they did outside magazine, uh, you know, the sort of the legacy print focused publication that we all know about that's been around for over 30 years. Um, so we, you know, really focus on cultivating that digital audience while they're, you know, some of the other, these legacy media companies have still, uh, been really focused on their print side of their uh, business. That's incredible. I, I could ask you so many questions. Um, how, how, I guess this, this could be, uh, what are some of the ways in which you've gone from zero in 2014 to having people visit your site and spend as much time as they do on Outdoor Magazine and having the influence of 12 million um, people from from Facebook. What are some of the tactics or strategies that you guys did to really help grow that? Yeah, so one of the um, uh, investments we made uh, before we even started Outdoor Project, but sort of a kernel of what we knew and uh, sort of a a bet, if you will, in the digital space was that uh, Facebook really had has created the pinnacle by which um, crowdsourced content um, is created, and that anything goes. And I mean, there's just a myriad of things. I mean, it's unlimited what you'll find on the internet. Uh, and what we did see, though, was a trend, and we sort of made a, a bet on a trend towards more curated content uh, in that people have still have very limited time and that the kind of content people are going to want, they're going to see the best content out there. Um, and because there's just so many things vying for people's attention these days. So the first thing is that we wanted extremely high quality content. Um, content is king right now. Uh, and so the foundation of Outdoor Project is really having the, the best content we could possibly uh, create uh, coming going from the quality of the media uh, to the consistency of everything uh, to then the reliability of everything that you would find we wanted it to be an, an experience that people would know when they come down to a project they can they know they're going to have a consistently great experience uh, and that from there it's all taken off but I think just that investment in the quality of content uh, has played out really well for us. Uh, the other thing we've done strategically, uh, sort of counter to maybe some of our other fellow startups or competitors, is we we made a very uh, discerned and intentional uh, move to be very focused on the markets that we serve. Uh, you know, instead of trying to go nationwide or international too quickly, uh, we said, hey, we want to be the best resource in any market we serve, and we're not going to move on into any new market until we think we can really accomplish that. And so uh, we've been very intentional, even up into this last year, you know, we said, hey, we're going to focus on the key markets of the West. 
Um, and we weren't going to go to the East Coast until uh, we knew we could be the best. Um, and so that that strategy has played out really well for us. Um, and then on top of that, um, putting a lot of energy and focus in our social media presence. Um, chiefly, we've put a lot of energy into Facebook as opposed to some of the other platforms. Um, Instagram, for example, is exceptional at cultivating brand and can be really great at uh, cultivating community, but it's hasn't evolved uh, as a platform to actually uh, drive traffic. Um, so we've really focused a lot of energy on Facebook. Uh, that's worked out really well for us. Uh, we've really focused on our uh, partnership and our community uh, aspect of things and the mission-driven side of Outdoor Project. Um, so, I mean, first and foremost, beyond just, you know, being a for-profit business, we're also a 501c3 nonprofit focusing on outdoor education and conservation. Uh, and that has allowed us to, you know, not only create great educational content ourselves um, and focus on conservation issues, but it's allowed us to partner with some incredible organizations like Knowles, uh, like Save the Bay down in San Francisco, like um, Oregon Wild uh, here in Oregon, um, Conservation Colorado in Colorado. And through that, we're able to not only help those organizations, but we're also able to uh, ideally tap into their membership base uh, of like-minded um, outdoor enthusiasts. Um, and then lastly, um, as far as driving growth, we spent a lot of time just understanding the mechanics of running the business. And uh, there's two variables that anyone who's running a media company needs to know. And that's one, how much does it cost you to bring a user to your website? And then the second is how much money can you make once that user is on your website? And once you really understand the mechanics of those two variables, uh, you can really start to massage and um, um, and sort of exploit um, any any differences there. So that's so interesting. So you 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 bring up a lot of great points. Um, and, and as you've grown, I'm curious to know what the team looks like at at Outdoor Project. How many of you um, are are working on this? Um, project that's growing outdoor project into one of the leading media sites in the outdoor world yeah so as i mentioned we have about uh 200 active contributors uh and they're really sort of the on the ground core um, of uh the business from a team standpoint they're the storytellers they're the ones out there um uh ground has a smile on their face. <laughs> uh, second, we have market reps. Um, so we have individuals in different regions who, unlike contributors who are really focused and incentivized to produce content, we have market reps who are uh, incentivized to uh, build community and make connections. Um, and so we have about uh, six to seven market reps, and we'll be expanding that ideally to about 10 or 12 this year. Uh, and then on our core team, you know, what you would consider, you know, staff, so to speak. Uh, at uh, the beginning of this year, we had six, and we'll be expanding to uh, between 12 and 13 uh, this year. That's awesome. So along this journey, did you have any mentors that really helped you 
build outdoor project into what it is today? Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I should expand on our team. One of the absolutely critical um, aspects of our success has been um, nurturing and leaning on people who uh, are far wiser and more experienced than we are. Um, you know, as I said at the beginning, um, coming to Outdoor Project, we insiders, people who weren't from the outdoor industry or uh, who had run a media company before. So from the very beginning. Um, I think one of the aspects to our success was just being humble and, and acknowledging the fact that we didn't know a lot. Um, and so we've put a lot of energy into cultivating a group of advisors uh, and building a professional board of directors who could help, help us navigate um, and share their expertise with us and then, you know, also hold us accountable. Um, because I, you know, one of the challenges for anyone else, you know, looking to build an outdoor-based business, is you will, from the professional community, you will get a lot of skepticism, and that a lot of people are going to just assume you're building a lifestyle uh, business, and that may be fine, and a lot of people may want to do that, but if you truly want to build um, a, a high-growth enterprise, you need to have uh, um, a board of directors who can help you run your business professionally. Um, and so as we did an incubator, uh, a startup incubator, the one we did was through Wyden Kennedy, a creative agency here in Portland. And at the time they had an um, incubator called Pi, Portland Incubator Experiment. Uh, and we did that and that was exceptional for us. Um, and it also led to some incredible um, connections. The first being in Bell, um, Ian is the, we met him, he was a mentor through Pi, and he's the CEO of Digital Trends. It's Oregon's largest media company. Um, they have about, um, uh, about 25 million visitors to about uh, 30 million a year in revenue. And when we met uh, Ian for the first time, we really sort of just glomped onto him and, you know, didn't let, didn't let him out of our sights. Um, <laughs> and it was the first time for us that we really truly met uh, a seasoned media uh, executive. Um, as in Portland, there just aren't a lot. Um, if you live maybe in LA or in New York, there's certainly a lot more. Um, but Ian was an incredible um, individual for us to meet uh, and has been an incredible mentor. And then through uh, Ian, met a gentleman named Peter Horan, who is most notably the former CEO of About.com, uh, to which he sold to the New York Times um, 10 years ago uh, for about $400 million. And then Peter has been just a, um, is just a very seasoned media executive and investor. Um, so we were very lucky to um, get connected with Ian. Uh, and then since... Um, We've also added to our board of directors a gentleman named Mike Wallenfels, uh, who's the VP of sales for Hydroflask, located in Benz. Uh, and he was really key for rounding out um, more of that just general outdoor industry perspective. Um, and, you know, before Hydroflask, Mike was one of the original founding uh, partners of uh, Mountain Hardware okay. down in the Bay Area yeah. when, they, when they sort of spun out of Sierra Designs. Um, and then went on to be um, uh, Mountain Hardware's 
president and then was also the um, uh, a CEO of Timbuktu uh, first in as well. Um, but and, and then the list goes on of mentors that we've really nurtured and um, um, there are many people we have to thank. <laughs> For sure. Sounds like you're definitely surrounded by the right kind of people. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that would be my recommendation to any, to anyone is always surround yourself by people far smarter than you are. Oh, of course. Of course. So I, I must, I got to ask how, what exactly do you offer to a brand that you work with um, in the sense of um, uh, generating revenue for outdoor project? Yeah. Good question. So, Right now, we're really focused on um, three client categories. We have uh, travel tourism groups, primarily DMOs, destination marketing organizations. Um, and then our second category is the endemic outdoor gear and apparel brands. And then our third category is uh, what we call non-endemic or near-endemic brands, those being like Subaru, Toyota, maybe Kashi, Granola. Um, and so those are three client categories. Uh, and then for those clients, we do two things. We do uh, content development, and that ranges anywhere from adventure guides to video production um, to media, media asset production. Uh, and then we also do then full omni-channel marketing services. So anything from display units to native advertising uh, to email, social. Uh, and then lastly, we also do event sponsorship. Um, and then for most of our clients, we'll actually, you know, we may do a combination of both content and uh, multi-channel marketing services. And that's where we're really most effective. That's awesome. So what would you say has been one of the hardest parts about building the outdoor project? Um, yeah, I think, you know, in, in building a business, uh, I, for me, I certainly um anticipated the long hours one the thing i definitely most underestimated was just the emotional roller coaster of it and the stress um you know when you're taking all of your savings and you are you essentially lose control of your financial destiny um it can be really stressful particularly if you have a family and particularly when you have employees who are all relying on you um to you know, just make basic, um, you know, pay rent, buy food, uh, you know, basic things. It, it can be really stressful. Um, and uh, I have definitely uh, aged quite a bit in the last few years <laughs> due to that. Yeah, I can totally understand that. So what would you say have been some of the uh, biggest mistakes that you've made with Outdoor Project? Oh, good question. Biggest mistakes. Um, I should have prepared for that question. Um, <laughs> I think the uh, biggest mistake would probably be underestimating uh, the amount of dev, web development, slash technological not only from a manpower, but also an expertise standpoint. Uh, you know, when you're building a digital platform, there is an endless of 
uh, money you should and need to invest. Um, and we also, when we started our, our development team was part time. And the biggest mistake we made was not having a full time web development team from the very beginning. Um, and it's only now through having, you know, received, gotten landed some investment capital that we're able to build a full time team. And so our web development has been sort of on fumes, uh, for most of our existence. And that was a major mistake. Oh yeah, I can totally, I can totally empathize with that. Uh, luckily with, with Ready Yeti, one of my partners is a web developer. <laughs> so it makes it at least easier for us on a smaller scale, but I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine trying to run something like outdoor project with, with, uh, limited resources in that category. Um, what would you say, uh, where do you see outdoor project going in the next year, five years and 10 years down the road? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 2017, we're really focused, uh, on expanding nationwide. Um, we're really focused on, um, um, we'll be adding, um, some key social engagement features, um, we will be essentially totally rebuilding the our platform um, for speed and SEO performance. Um, we'll be adding key hires, primarily um, on, from a sales standpoint, um, so we can really focus on monetizing the platform. Um, and then um, we'll also be building out some key sort of enterprise features that we'll be rolling out for 2018. Long-term, our goal is to be the largest uh, platform for active lifestyle consumers. Um, and so, I mean, we want to be the go-to place for everybody who likes to get outside and get after it. Um, and we're really excited about that. That's so awesome. So what's the best part about running Outdoor Project? Uh about running outdoor project um i think it's the um the best part is user testimonials uh and then also just running into people who you know all of a sudden have a vehicle or an outlet for their passion um you know whether it's them being able to find the, the the experience they always wanted to find or tell the story they always wanted to tell or uh, meet the people they, you know, always wanted to meet. Um, when you hear the stories about how we help facilitate any of that, uh, it's pretty incredible. I totally get that. And um, I, I think it's a, a really cool um, creation with uh, the outdoor project i think what you guys are doing is really innovative and interesting and i'm super excited to see what you guys do in the future and uh i know that you've uh got a tight window of time so i don't want to keep you for much longer but uh tyson i want to thank you for taking the time to chat with me and share your story and i i feel like i could ask you a million questions uh on everything that you've uh, done and are going to be doing in the future but if uh, people want to find out more about you and outdoor project what's the Where's the best place for them to do that? Yeah, simply uh, go to outdoorproject.com. Um, you know, if they have any questions, they can reach me directly just at tyson at outdoorproject.com. Um, 
And yeah, I guess let it take it from there. Perfect. All right, Tyson. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. It was fun chatting. It's been a lot of fun. Have a good one. Thanks. All right. Take care. Bye. Hey, Ready Eddie podcast listeners, if you enjoyed today's episode, then I would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Eddie podcast. I'll catch you next week. 